Welcome to The Slaughtered Lamb, a movies-by-minute watch of the John Landis written and directed 1981 horror classic, An American Werewolf in London. I'm your host, Troy, and I would like to thank you for joining me here on this journey. This is Minute 56, and it starts with a snarl and ends with the men in her life. So we pick up uh, where David is actually now standing in front of the mirror with the bamboo frame um, and a bit of a wicker sort of uh, weave on it as well. Uh, one thing that I did forget to point out from the last minute as I rewatched this minute because I hopped a little further back. Um, when David comes in through the bay window, he act, you actually hear in the background the sound of a bell ringing from a church, which may or may not actually be, like I said, outside of this particular interior apartment for Alex's flat. But as we cut to the shot of David uh, going to the actual mirror, there's no longer a bell ringing. So whether it was actually uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, as there were three uh, bell chimes, uh, we were not 100% sure, but there you go. That's something I forgot to point out in the previous minute. So just doing a little bit of housekeeping from the previous minute. So now we have uh, David now uh, examining his uh, face or just himself in general upon uh, gazing at himself in the mirror. He gives himself uh, a couple of uh, sounds of uh, animalistic, very poor impressions. Uh, Three, actually, as a matter of fact. And uh, each time he makes a bit of a face each time. And after the third one, he actually then starts to examine his, his teeth as he uh, curls back his lips and examines his bottom teeth by running his, uh, his finger along his lips to pull him away from his mouth a little more to examine to see if any of his teeth have started to become sharpened and all that. He then shakes his head as if it were a silly notion to begin with. We then cut to a shot of the uh, kitchen door. Now this is the kitchen uh, entrance off the living room that is uh, next to the pass-through where there is now a bookshelf. And we can see into the brown-walled room that uh, hanging on the wall next to the window, which is a uh, bit of a stained glass window, which is kind of nice because it's the first time we are actually seeing this. We are looking through the uh, uh, bamboo curtain that has been pulled off to either side and held off with a little uh, golden link chain. And uh, as we can look through into the actual room itself, uh, directly in the center of our shot, we have this sort of pot light that is actually stuck onto the side of the wall. To the right of that, we actually have a black and white photo of Humphrey Bogart. Below this uh, light, there is a, uh, I would say it was a to-do list sort of uh, list with like a little bit of a dry erase uh, pen. There's, I cannot make out what is actually written on it, but it's one of those little memo pads that you stick on like a fridge or something. And it has like a little uh, 
drawing of like a bunch of different vegetables on the very bottom of it. There is a very uh, thick wooden frame around this window, which has uh, rectangle shapes that are all different, rectangle and square shapes of uh, leaded glass that are all different sort of hues of browns and yellows and a little bit of gray. Uh, right in front of the actual window we can see that there's a little bit of a table set up where there is a I believe a, uh, a butcher's block cutting board and on top of that is a tray with some um, drinkware which is kind of nice. It's a very uh, almost an Aztecian looking design on these yellow brown uh, what looks like the actual uh, teapot and a cup uh, teacup and what I'm thinking is the serving for either cream or sugar or whatnot. We don't get a full shot of it. So David emerges into the actual shot that is framed by the uh, doorway of the uh, the kitchen, uh, the, the entranceway into the kitchen. He walks from the left of the uh, kitchen. Oh, one other thing, as I'm looking at it right now, um, above, almost uh, below where the light sits and above where the little uh, notepad on the wall is, there seems to be some sort of like fake bird just hanging there. I can't see if it's attached to anything and all that, but uh, there you go. So as uh, David then emerges from the kitchen into the living room, he uh, turns to his uh, left to see the television that is uh, mounted on the uh, shelving next to the uh, not mounted on the shelving, mounted on the, well, I guess it would be shelving that is located right next to the entrance where all the books are and all that. And we are given a shot of yet another one of uh, the many Disney characters uh, hidden amongst uh, Alex's flat. Uh, this is one of uh, a, a Minnie Mouse who's uh, in a, an, a yellow top with a red skirt. She's got a uh, uh, a red bow which is wrapped around her head wearing red shoes. She is uh, prominently displayed on top of this small little I would say mm, maybe 18 inch television? Maybe? Wait, that's not right. That is totally the wrong math. It's probably 7 or 8 inch television maybe. It's, uh, old, it's obviously it's old from now, but it actually looks like it's probably old from then as well in the 80s. It's a small little uh, television that I said, like I said, sitting on this uh, ledge um, with all the bookshelves. We have uh, a plethora of books behind it and we actually see hanging on the wall some sort of bee, um, some sort of bee sculpture which is obscured by the actual television where from this angle that we can see it. David then uh, from a standing position bends his back slightly and so that he his face is now level with the actual television screen and he uh, turns it on but uh, he then sits so he obviously has pulled some sort of chair underneath him which we don't actually see because it's off camera and he drags it slightly closer to him we can now see that uh, below this uh, shelf 
larger than the bookshelf shelf. Um, actually, it's probably a the the actual cabinet that it is sitting on. Um, we can see that there is a uh, uh, below the shelf that, like I said, the TV is on. There are several, uh, which looks like uh, record albums that are on display as well. So David reaches out, turns on the uh, TV. And it uh, goes to the very first uh, image on the screen, which is a basically a test pattern for a uh, a um, a channel that obviously has not gone on air yet or whatnot. Uh, and from the looks of it, it says it's BBC One on it. However, I'm not 100% sure why BBC One is not on the air right now, as it is definitely mid-afternoon. So I'm not sure when the actual air timing is of BBC One. I would say back in the 80s. Not sure. After that, uh, for a, a second or two, David uh, pushes the second channel button. On On it, and we go to a darts game where it looks like it's a team uh, uh, dart uh, game going on right now. It looks like it is uh, England versus Scotland, and um, a uh, Scotland is up uh, three legs to England's two legs, and uh, the announcers are going on about the uh, situation with the game. So, as uh, the actual dart player throws his third dart and the announcer is about to announce the total of his shot. He then changes the channel to... Crazy girl asked me to meet her guy before she married him. In the news of the world tomorrow. And he totally blew my mind. A third channel, which is a lot clearer than the previous channel, because the previous channel where the dart game was happening seems to be uh, quite uh, staticky looking, so not 100% sure why that is. but. We then cut to um, the advertisement for the news of the world. So they're uh, doing an advertisement for the upcoming newspaper, which is going to be out, as it prominently says on the screen, tomorrow. And it is an article about an interview they had with Nina Carter who, uh, according to this, is um, a pop star, a beauty queen, and a top model. So not that there's much there to her, uh, I mean, in the actual movie, not that there isn't much to uh, Nina Carter, who is, by her own, a very well-established uh, British um, uh, singer, uh, actress, uh, model. Um, so she was born Penelope Jane Mallet on October uh, 4th in 1952 and she her main claims are that she's uh, a former uh, 1970s page three girl which I'll have to admit is where I actually recognize her from um, an occasional singer and she's currently uh, runs an imaging consultant and works as a life coach the uh, occasional singer portion of it uh, basically culminates with uh, her and uh, 
uh, Lily Johnson uh, formed a musical duo, Blonde on Blonde, which apparently, according to Wikipedia, was uh, which had uh, was very successful in Japan. And as I did a little sort of research, the uh, this actual uh, feature uh, of the, uh, the the television advertisement for the Kiss and Tell article um, seems to be an actual thing that actually did air. So it's not like they shot something for the movie. It is actually a the the naked truth about Nani Nina was an actual advertisement for the uh, news of the world. So it basically goes through a couple of scandalous things about her life and everything that she's done. And uh, we just end up in the at the midpoint of this little uh, advertisement. And uh, that's where we hit the end of our movie while David continues to watch this advertisement with uh, not too sure if he's got any sort of interest in it but um, he just seems to be randomly flicking through the, the channels. So there we go for this minute. Over on the commentary track, David Naughton starts uh, with the story of how he first met Rick Baker in California. Uh, John, John Landis, uh, once the part was uh, David's, uh, said that he had to go meet Rick. Upon uh, greeting him, Rip, Rick asked which uh, role he had, and when he told him he had the part of David, Rick's first reaction was, you know, I feel sorry for you. Uh, when he mentioned uh, that he didn't understand that that wasn't the reaction he was expecting, and how this role was uh, a, special, uh, a special break for him, and uh, he didn't know what he was talking about. But he soon found out what it was and what he was talking about uh, with the makeup and all the uh, preliminaries and all the molds of his, hetch, of his head, uh, which uh, was done five times over the period of a couple of weeks. And the worst part of it, uh, of that, was uh, while Rick and his assistant had done it to each other, uh, they really couldn't explain to him, David that is, uh, how it was going to be done up in these uh, head molds. Minute 56. When it comes to the script, minute scene 47, interior Alex's uh, bathroom dusk, uh, David uh, looks at himself, he does the whole entire snarl, growl, grr, and examine his mouth and touches his canines and whatnot like he actually does in the movie. He then goes to scene 48, interior Alex's kitchen dusk, where he actually goes to the fridge, opens it, closes it, and then walks into the bedroom, which is scene 49, interior Alex's bedroom dusk. Again, like in the movie, lays down for a little bit, uh, staring at the ceiling for a bit. He then gets up and goes back to the kitchen. Scene 50, interior Alex's kitchen dusk, opens the fridge, does the whole entire line about not being hungry, closes the fridge, walks into the living room. And then we end up with uh, scene 51, which is interior Alex's living room uh, dusk. 
where he turns on the television. Now, according to the script, we actually have scripted what he is actually watching. So, according to the script, on Thames, um, it's a soccer match. On BBC One, it's some truly insipid children's program. And on BBC Two, there's a soccer match. Uh, so, as the movie ends in the middle of the uh, program that is on the third channel, we're just going to stop the description right here. When it comes to the radio drama, David is actually, when he's examining himself, he obviously, because it is a radio drama, he has to say that he is checking his teeth. He has to see that there's no extra fur. He does the, the growl and the grr and all that. But he also mentions that he is going to be doing an hourly check on himself in the mirror to see if there is any extra teeth, the gr teeth growing or any extra hair. And if anything does happen, that he's going to contact Alex right away. He also starts to actually talk to himself, obviously, in the mirror, in the third person to himself. And like the script, he goes to the kitchen first, but uh, this time he actually examines the inside of the fridge and uh, reads off the contents of it like he's actually doing some sort of study. He actually comes across a container of bacon and makes a note out loud to himself that uh, he doesn't want to eat the bacon. Is it either because he actually is not a werewolf or that he is actually Jewish? He then... Uh, decides he's going to retire to the bedroom for a moment. And as a very scientific method, he uh, describes everything that he's doing, including lying horizontally, facing the ceiling, eyes closed, just making a constant note of what's going on with him to figure out if he's a werewolf or not. Then after lying there for a second or two, realizes that he, again, vocally says that he is bored and that he is going to get up. He then does a mirror check. Noting that there has been no changes, he decides that he's going to check on the fridge again to see if he's hungry, which he then also says that he ha once he opens it, that he is not hungry. He then says that he is going to be watching some television, and then as he turns it on, he mentions that... Uh, the One Channel has a soccer game. The BBC One has an insipid documentary. The BBC Two also continues to have a insipid documentary. And that's where we're going to end it because of how we've ended the script sequence in the middle of this third channel. And on that note, that brings us to the end of another minute of An American World in London and the end of this episode of Welcome to the Slaughtered Lamb. I would just like to take this moment to give a shout out to the podcast hosts that started this whole entire Movies by Minute phenomenon, Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer from the Star Wars Minute. There wouldn't be the supportive collective without them. And if you're interested, visit moviesbyminute.com to check out the ever-growing list of movie podcasts. I'm sure you'll find your favorites on here, and if not, consider joining the Horde and make one of your own. That's why this is being done here. And speaking of podcasts, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other of your favorite podcast catchers. And if you would be so kind as to rate, share, 
and review us, that would be really cool. If you feel like following this podcast on the social medias, you can follow Planet Geek Pod, all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. And if you would like to send us a message via email, send it to planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So until next time, remember, keep off the moors, stick to the roads, best of luck. Blue Moon.